Hi, it's Bernita, the host, the founder of SWAT, the survivor in me that helps me advocate for us. Don't be a silent victim. When the hitting starts, get you a paper trail by calling the police. Don't feel guilty for having him arrested. Don't fall for the I love you's, the honeymoon periods. Don't look like this again. Don't take yourself through these cycles. Become an advocate, a survivor. I started SWAT for you. I am your advocate. Tune in tonight as we spread awareness for domestic violence. Hi everyone. So I am Vernita Howard, the host, the founder of SWAT. I have with me tonight Miss Benjanita um, Fisher, Lady B. Um, she's going to come through and tell her story, tell how she overcame. And guys, we are running a little bit behind on time, but nevertheless, we are here. So just a little bit about who I am, if you never viewed before. First of all, I want to say thank you for taking your time out. As you know, we like to bring you real stories with real people who have um, been through, who can tell you what it is to go through and to come out. Um, you know my, my my slang, my life is my story, so that's important. So on tonight, just a little bit about who I am. I am a mother, I'm a wife, but most of all, I am an advocate. I advocate for domestic violence because I survived um, what could have killed me, what could have um, destroyed me, but through it all, um, I'm here. And so this is a passion of mine. This month is October. It is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So we are bringing you awareness on what domestic violence is. And you guys know it's always something when um, we always have technical difficulties whenever um, we're trying to spread awareness. But this is, you know, this is a passion of mine. And so right now I'm going to ask Miss Benjanita, I'm going to call her Lady B, okay guys? I'm going to ask Lady B to come out and um, introduce herself to you all. Um, hi everybody, um, I'm Benjanita Lady B Fisher and I am a domestic violence and sexual assault overcomer. Wow. So just to, um, so you guys know, I always go into definitions, what this is and why we do what we do again, this month is October. It is it's the violence awareness month. And, and so, um, domestic violence is, um, intimate partner abuse. And when we talk about, um, intimate partner violence, IPV, that is someone you have been in a relationship with, someone who causes you harm. Um, and a lot of people like to just talk about the physical, but it's so much more to abuse. It's financial, it's emotional, it's psychological, it's spiritual, um, it's physical, it's sexual. Um, so we bring real life stories that covers it all. Um so with that being said, we're going to ask um, Lady B just to give us like a synopsis of her story. And if you guys have any questions, you can post them. Um, we're going to answer them. If it's something we cannot answer, you know me, we will get back to you um, with that information. 
So Lady B, can you give us um, just a little bit of your story? Um, yeah. So um, we're talking about just the domestic violence part of it, right? Yes, we're going to start with that okay. first. Whew. So um, I am a actually, I have been through domestic violence relationships multiple times. It was, it was a, that's why I call myself an overcomer because what I've learned is if you don't heal from it, you'll repeat that cycle because to me, surviving is escaping or coming out of something. Overcoming it is dealing with the aftermath of it. And um, I went through my first domestic violence relationship at 17 and um, I didn't even realize that it was because it was more on the verbal and it was more on the, uh, the control. And I, I went through that and when I survived that, you know, I just feel like, okay, I got away from him or whatever the case was, not understanding that was still mental work that needed to be done. And mm -hmm. um, I actually, it's crazy because that's a generational curse that's been over my family for a long time. That's why I advocate because I refuse to let another person go through this. So um, after I went through that, when I, I kind of stayed sky-free for a little bit, to only attract another uh, mm -hmm. domestic partner, and it became to where now I'm I'm going through it a lot. But this one is like financial control and physical, and so it's like, oh my god, you know, I gotta get out of this. At that time, I, I still was like a very vibrant person, and I still dreamed a lot this time, and, and so I was able to walk away from that one because, you know, I still kind of had my self-esteem intact. Well, by this time. I um meet my children's dad, and this is where it really become the kicking and the choking and the financial abuse and the mental abuse and the self-esteem is leaving. And it was just like, wait a minute, to the point where I literally had lost my identity now. I didn't know who I was. It was so bad that um, he was almost my identity because he had taken that from me. And so... You know, I went through that for a little while and having children to, for, with him was so big to me that I s consider myself staying for my children, you know, and then I had to realize, well, you're not teaching them, you know, uh, well, obviously I had my, my baby because I only had one child at the time. Um, I, I'm like, well, you're not teaching her what to, you know, expect, I mean, what to accept. You're teaching her that she can just take anything off of anybody. And I had to really think about, like, do you really want her to learn this? And when I ended up being pregnant the second time, I left. And, um, again, it was just a surviving thing. So I kind of, like, you, stayed. Go ahead. Let me ask you a question before you go in deep. So one thing you stated was you lost your identity. Can okay. you explain how you lost your identity? Because some people, you know. They'll say, well, how you lose your identity? You know, you know who you are, you know, you, you know, you know your worth. Um, and these are things that you should know. But at seven, so you was about 17, 18 now, right? We back now. Yeah, we back. This over here too. Okay, so okay, so I like I said, this is the this is stuff that I realized after I came out. So when I sit back and I think about it, the way I would say losing, I lost my identity was, I can't, to anytime you uh, let a person uh, 
have more control over you than you. You don't have say so yourself. That's a part of losing your identity. Then it gets to the point where you start doing things to satisfy them more than it, than yourself. And people think it's crazy. And because I've experienced it, I, I won't agree. I would have I had not gone through is sometimes you can become addicted to that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's an acceptance thing. You could you mistake it for love if you didn't have the right kind of love. Then you start going through well, you know, they, they make you feel like you need them. And then it's like a more validation. So now it's almost you can't operate without them. So that's something you literally have to detox fast, pray or meditate or whatever it is that you do to get out of your system because just as drugs can become an addiction, pain can become an addiction as well. That is so true. Um, another thing that you touched on was generational um, generational abuse. And, you know, in our community, we don't want to talk about the generational curses. I mean, right, I, right. I keep it real. This is where, you know, we just keep it 100. We keep it real with people. But when you see something that is on a repeat cycle, over and over in your family, um, somebody got to say enough is enough. Right. And right. you have children now. So how many children do you have? I have three. But I only three. have one daughter. Right. Okay. And so, honestly, see, I'm often say, honestly, with me, my mom, never, I never saw my mom go through domestic violence. Right. And to, to know that she went through it under my nose was very hard to, to to process and that was i always asked her why didn't you tell me i i think in the black community we have this this bad neck of secrets and secrets can hurt you you know because had my mom told me that she went through it and what to identify with i could have avoided it you know so i'm very transparent with my children especially my daughter because my mm -hmm. thing is if this happens like, you know, like light, things that we consider to be very lightweight that are very big. For instance, I remember um, being with a guy. He always wanted me to stay on the phone. It's cute to us. But when you really think about it, oh, I can't, I'm going to call you back. No, no, just put the phone down. So you catch yourself putting the phone down so they can see you. And, you know, and it's like, no, that's control. Like, that's the red flag. And, it's, and you know, people don't talk about that kind of stuff. So you don't know, it, you know, and, and I'm like, well, why? We think, yeah, oh, yeah. He, he is so into me, girl. He don't want yes, um, to get off the yes, phone. You know, I can't do anything. He's always calling. That right there is a red flag alone. That, you know, so I want to say to people that's watching, it's okay for your significant other to call you. That's not what we're saying. But when it comes right. to a point where they have to control your every move, um, right, they have right. to dictate where you go, dictate who you are around. There's a so, um, Lady B, go ahead and finish telling us more of your story. My, you can hear me, right? We can. Yeah. 
you actually went out. Okay, guys, we're going to try this. Okay, I can speak hear you. now. Okay, awesome. Okay, yeah, right. so I would say my, my kids there. So, yeah, so I left when I got pregnant the second time. And when I left, you know, I just kept people, oh, you're going to be a, you're a survivor, you're a survivor, you're a survivor. But nobody knew, nobody ever explained to me the mental torment that I dealt with, you know. And nobody ever told me that, you know, you don't, when you leave, there's still work that has to be done afterwards. And nobody That's ever told me, well, hey, I'll, yeah. A lot. Nobody never told me, well, you need to go through this episode. So I was so used to being in relationships that now I was looking to replace him. You know, it wasn't mm -hmm. like, okay, well, let me take our time for myself. That wasn't even something that stayed in my head because he had given me so big of a void. I now needed somebody else to feel that. Mm -hmm. You know, so I ended up um, becoming with, getting in a relationship with somebody else and I actually married this guy and hurt people, hurt people. And every shortcoming that he had, you know, I would let him know that I was very bitter and broken and I didn't realize it. And I didn't even love this man. And we wasted a lot of years together, you know, and he was he wasn't abusive, but he was uh, and this, this kind of sound bad. He was kind of sorry. And so it was like now my mentality was, well, at least he's not hitting me. At least he's not belittling me. And I've learned I learned that now. I have started to settle. So my, my self-work had went down. And mm -hmm. I didn't know how to come out of that because that was safe for me because now nobody's putting their hands on me. You know, and so it was like, okay, you know what? I had made my mind. I, I'm not letting another person put their hands on me. I can't take this no more. Like, that part is not even an option. But I had not got the self-work that I needed. So um, I encountered another time with my kid's dad after leaving my spouse. And, um, we had a rendezvous and I fought him back. And I thought when I fought him back, I was going to be happy, you know, but it was, it was still things that needed to be done. It wasn't about being able to show him that I could fight him because he had took something from me. I couldn't get back. It seemed as. So, um, I, I, I moved away and I feel like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go away. And, you know, we have a tendency of thinking starting over means you have to run somewhere or whatever. And, and you still taking a problem with you, exactly. you know? So, I got into a program and with a mentor because I had realized that I had a very bad self-sabotaging spirit because I didn't see myself, you know, where I should. Everything that I touched, I might have been good at it, but it was always like a, a you know, know my full potential because I still hadn't learned that value of who I was. And so I had actually gotten to this the last relationship that I was in. And he wasn't physically abusive. He wasn't even verbally abusive, but he was controlling. You know, mm -hmm. it was like, you can't go to the restroom by yourself. You can't go to the store by yourself. You can't take a bath by yourself. So I started to say, maybe it's me. Mm -hmm. But it, it was me. It was I was unhealed and I was attracting the same kind of man in a different form, in a different face, in a different name, you know. So I was like, you know what? I started to pray about it because I was losing my mind and I was literally dealing with wanting to just escape the world, you know, and I, and I, I didn't like this dark place that I was in. I was a girl who always dressed up. I always groomed and all of a sudden now that was so far behind me. I couldn't even get myself to look at myself in the mirror. And I hated the person I saw in this mirror. And so I got tired of that one day. I just said, you know what? Something, something got to get. So, so I started like journaling 
and I started to like write letters to the people who had hurt me. I, you know, mm -hmm. I never gave it to them, but it, you know, it was for me. So I started to write these letters, and I realized you are full of venom, and you're full mm -hmm. of poison, and you can't, you can't even give no man the love that you want to give until you heal this. And so I said, you know what? Well, somebody suggested, why don't you kind of like stay single for a while? And I was like, uh, uh, because that was so odd, you know. And I said, you know what? I heard God say it's time to do a self love journey, and I was like, huh? So I started to just pray and ask God, what was it exactly that you want me to do? Mm -hmm. And so he started to tell me, number one, you have to release. So I started to release myself. Then I started to like admit that things happened. Then I had to forgive myself. And that was hard. You know, That's the hardest. Like, man, yeah, because like, what was I thinking? You know, like, and I had, like, I had to forgive myself. Then I started to go on self dates, which I still do. Then I started to buy myself flowers. And then I started to allow myself to feel, you know, because that's nothing. Suppressing is not make you strong. You know, no. eventually you're going to burst. You know, so I've learned that I was always used to suppressing my pain. And that was like no longer an option. I'm going to tell you what I feel. I'm going to express myself. I'm not holding this in. I'm not okay today. You know, I kind of like started going through that. And it took a, man, it took a lot. Some days I didn't think I was going to make it. Some days, you know, I had it. And so as I kept going through this, I started to see my value. So when I would be approached, it would be like, okay, I knew how to have a conversation. I knew how to pick up red flags. I could tell when the person was toxic. We could have a conversation and I could pick up your toxic traits. And I say, hey, you know what? I don't think I'm what you're looking for. You know, we're going to kind of end on this note. No problem. Because now I, I, I know who I am. I know what I'm worth and I know you know what I'm saying? What I bring. So it was like, mm -hmm. I refuse to let any person, relationship, friendship, family, devalue me ever again. And it took mm -hmm. a long process to get to that point. You know, right. but I, I tell people all the time, I never saw myself free because I lived in darkness so long. You know, and now I literally have a joy that nobody gave to me but God. You know, I, I literally... I, I maneuver without the the bondage on my shoulder, and I used to feel it all in my body. Mm. You know, and and the people don't understand surviving. Like I said, is one thing, but when you overcome it, you overcome it mentally, emotionally, and physically. And until you get to the point where you have totally released it, it's not going to be enough. Mm. So I know it's like. Um... One thing I always say when I tell, you know, when I tell my story and um, like yourself, you know, if you're not completely healed, you'll find yourself being a magnet almost to the same, uh -huh. the same type of people. And that was that was one of the hardest things for me. Um, one thing is they will start out being everything that I, I wanted them to be. Right. But then. By the end, it's like, where did this monster come from? You know, right? Um, and and right. so, um, I don't know about you, so I'm asking you this question. It was easy for people to say, "Well, I would have never went through that." Did you get that? Of course, but man, yeah. I, I mean, it used to be very embarrassing to even admit that I went through it multiple times. But I realized some people have been through it and don't even realize they have. 
Exactly. You know, and then and and then what people also have to understand is it's not always a partner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not always an intimate partner. Some people have been through domestic violence in verbal, like one of those forms, verbally, physically, emotionally, mentally, financially, with their, their parents. Family. Right. And they don't realize it because they just say, oh, I will let them in. But I'm like, but your mother has made you feel this big. Your mom you know, like, <laughs> Right. Your so I, I, I'm telling you, when I started recognizing it, it wasn't just for men that I did it. It became family. I, it became circles because you're talking about uh, just as much as you can attract a man to you in that state, you can attract people that's in that same circle and they'll keep you there because flock what they say, uh, birds of a feather flock together. Mm -hmm. and sometimes you can't even uh, get to where you need to get because your past is still riding your, your coattail and you're calling them friend and don't realize you're not a bad person, but you're not good for me. Right. Right. And I, I'm glad you brought that out. Um, and especially you know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, um, even with family, if you're no good at, you know, I, I can love you from a distance, um, you know, but you're not going to devalue who I am. Right. You're not going to make me feel less than what I am. You know, you're not going to destroy who I am with your words, with your actions, you know, none of that. And, and so it's important. And that's why I do what I do, like, as far as the um, broadcast, because a lot of times people be like, oh, it's just a man. But what happens when, oh, no. you know, <laughs> what happens when it's family? You know, what right. happens when it's that best friend that you're always there for? And as soon as you don't do what they want you to do, they belittle you. You know, they call you out of your name. You know, they, they make you feel like the lowest of the low. What happens mm -hmm. then? And one thing about it when, you know, um, a lot of times we don't realize that we have been into, um, into abusive relationships, but when, when you learn, you learn to do better, you know, right. um, it was, you know, it, like, like I said in the beginning, it was like a magnet to me. I was introduced to it. I didn't see it in my home. So I didn't know what it was. My dad loved my mom into the day that she died. You know, he treated her like a queen. He treated his children like queens. You know, um, he, 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 you know, he stressed with my brothers how men supposed to carry themselves. Now, um, for me, I had the support system, but I chose not to use it. You know, um, it was like, let me just get through this. And like you stated, a lot of times we are ashamed. We feel guilty for what has happened to us. And right. I know that was oh, my yeah. biggest issue. You know, that was one of my biggest issues. Like, how am I going to go to them and tell? Or I don't want to see my family get in trouble because of something that happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. So my question to you is, did you have family that you was really close to that you chose not to tell? Um, and if so, why yeah. didn't you say okay. anything? I'm glad. And I have, and I have to be very, I'm glad, I'm really glad you asked it. And I have to be very transparent. Okay. Uh, I, I want to say, I, I, I wish that I did. Um, honestly, let me say this. You like, you were saying how, like, uh, you were introduced to it or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to 
I'm not going to, what's the word I want to say, get deep into detail, but I'm going to say that my mom was not a very affectionate woman. And she was like, uh, I think my mom was hurting as well, you know. And so she provided. We never seen a hungry day. We never went. Okay. Hold on, guys. She went. When I was 14 years old, I lost my dad. And uh, can you hear me? I can now. Hello? We can hear you. I'm sorry. Okay, we can hear you. What's the last thing you heard me say? Um, when you was 14, you lost your dad. Right. And uh nobody considered that to be a big thing. You know, they everybody don't grief the same, you know, and I think it was treated like you know, you're going to get through it. He's in a bad place. But nobody understood. My dad treated me like a queen. I woke up to breakfast in bed. And my dad would play music while he made my dinner for me. And he would take me on dates on Friday night. And I'd be flowers. And he's, he tried to set the foundation of what to expect from a male. You know, but here I was at 14 when it's really the biggest. And I lose my dad. I also experienced my first sexual assault months after my dad died. You know, and it was like, I just felt like the world was just on my shoulder. How how do I deal with this thing now? And it was so crazy because when I told, I got bullied for telling what happened to me. I, um, I, I decided at that point that I wasn't going to say anything else when that kind of stuff happened to me because I didn't want to experience being bullied for trying to protect myself. So I feel like that was the foundation that made me kind of uh, accept the domestic abuse. You know, and then, like I said, I had a step, and I'm, let me just say this famous. I, I feel like when, when we as women are adding in stepfathers to our house, we have to make sure that man is beneficial to us and our children. You know what I'm saying? Because him just being there for you is not enough because you are a package deal. And mm -hmm. I had a stepdad that was, he, he he was into my mom, but we were just there. Like, as long as, as long as I feed them, they all right, you know. And as long as I'm, I'm keep on their head, they all right. And he never gave us a father figure, so that void was so big. So I I, I had I had a confusion when it came to what love was. So I accepted it because at least you know they loved me, even though they were doing this. And it became a nobody said well you love yourself, but nobody said you know, it was just, it was so much added to that. So when I started going through it, as long as it was, it was better than the last time, it became an ongoing situation, you know. So I didn't have anybody. I didn't tell anybody because number one, I was ashamed. Number two, it was like, well, they gonna take that love from me, you know? And it, it was just so many factors in it. It sounds crazy unless you've been there or unless you're going through it. But it's real life, you know. There's a lot of people who've been here, and they literally, you know haven't told nobody because of the shame or because it's like people are going to judge them and people don't understand even a person's going through it they have to get tired within their cell because mm -hmm. they can be physically tired of the abuse but until they have mentally seen themselves out of it 
then you judging and makes them cling, cling more to the abuser, you know, because they feel like, well, that's my support system. So, exactly. you know, when people used to be like, oh, he going to kill you. Or he, you know, I used to be like, you know, y'all don't make me feel good about it coming out of it. They used to talk about me, but nobody ever gave me, you know, the encouragement that I could walk out or that I would even be okay to walk out. And, you know, an abuser knows exactly what to do. They know how to manipulate you and make you feel like they're the only ones that care. And truth be told, when you're coming out and the ones that supposed to love you is talking about you, it make it seem like what they're saying is absolutely true. Nobody truly cares. Nobody truly understands. But that's really not the situation. Um, a lot of times people try to offer advice they never been through it. So um, I often tell people when we, you know, do um, the broadcast is if you can't be, um, if you can't give valuable information, just be a listening ear. So you want to know what's going on so you can help that person. If you don't have anything right. good to say, when I was growing up, they said, don't say anything at all. And sometimes if a person has already been through a lot and you come with your negative antics, you just destroy them more. Right, 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 right. Because, I mean, even walking out of it, like I said, that people don't even understand walking out of it mental before it starts with physical. Because, like I said, you have to sit back and really. Okay, guys, um, her phone has went out, but um, as she was stating, you know, um, going through abuse and coming out, it's not as easy as people think. You know, people just think, hey, you can walk out, but you know me, I have to be real with you. Walking out sometimes costs people their lives, you know? So as she was stating, you got to be mentally prepared. You have to be financially prepared. You know, you have to you have to make up in your mind that this is what you want to do. I can guide you all day. I can give you tips on leaving. But until you make up your mind um, that until you make up your mind that it's something that you want to do, it's nothing that I can truly do to help you, you know. Um, so we're going to give her a few minutes and see if it let her connect back in. But guys, I want to say to anybody who's watching or anybody who has watched tonight, I hope that this information truly helped you. Um, I love this young lady's um, motto. She said, I'm not just a survivor, but I'm an overcomer. I had to deal with what I dealt with mentally, you know, psychologically. I had to get, she had to get the help that she need. So she don't just survive it, but she overcame it. So that makes a difference, you know, and she has even given me a different outlook on how to handle what I've been through. So, um, and I don't take it lightly at all. So we're just waiting to see if she comes back in. But if you guys have any questions, please, please let us know. Share this, share this video, um, you know, with your on your pages, you know, with your friends, with your family, because you never know who's going through. Um, And could you imagine losing your dad? I mean, shortly after being raped and abused and then 
accepting abusive relationships one after another after another it's not easy um I know for me it wasn't easy so I don't I can't imagine if it's easy for, it was easy for any of us you know but if you survive you have your life allow your life to speak volume advocate you know tell your story your story can help somebody else get through what they've been through so again um we're going to go ahead and close this session out um, but again, you guys have heard her story. You know, SWAT information is scrolling below. Within the next couple of days, we will be posting. Um, we have our popcorn drive. So we ask you guys, this is a fundraiser that we're doing on behalf of SWAT to raise funds. So we're going to ask you guys as we post the links on our different pages, as we post the link on our website, as we post the links on our um, Facebook, Instagram, all our social media pages. If you don't do anything but buy one pack of um, popcorn, just go through, share with your friends, your family. Um, it do take money to do what we do. It take money to support um, the survivors. You know, it takes money to do everything that we do. So we ask that you support us. Um, if you don't want to purchase popcorn, you can go to our website www.survivorswiththetestimony.org and you can donate through there um you can um, donate through cash out which is money size swine 2020 so again guys follow us on facebook twitter youtube you name it it's all swat inc 2020 so guys thank you so much for tuning in tonight and for those who are going through an abusive relationship you deserve more if you're thinking about leaving and you're scared, you don't know what you need, you can find the information on our website. But just to give you like some key nuggets, some key corners, your um, important documents, birth certificates, social security cards, identification, um, extra clothing, um, the children, doctor records, your doctor records, um, a list of your medications. Those are just a few things, you know, that you need. But I will tell you that um, love shouldn't hurt and you don't deserve to be hurt. So I want to say to you all, you guys have a blessed night um, and thank you so much for tuning in.